While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. And I'm Chris. And we are, well, first thing I need, I need to say this, it's bugging me. I, on the <laughs> way, on the way here, I was on uh, Farm Field and Green Street. And if someone's looking for a stray cat, a brown, uh, brown, uh, straight uh, cat with um, black stripes, he had a collar on with a bell on it. Farm Field and Green Street about 20 minutes ago. Just needed, in Fairhaven, just needed to get that off of my, uh, just needed to get it off of my chest. It was bugging me. But we're joined tonight by uh, Chairman of Senate, uh, Senate Chairman of Ways and Means, Mike Rodericks of Westport. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, Marcus, how are you? Good. Good to see you. Nice to see you. Yep. So I guess the first thing we're going to ask, you know, you're the chairman of Ways and Means. You and um, you and Mr. Michael, what's in the house, uh, basically write the budget uh, every year. And uh, the first question, I guess, is, um, you know, with the recent news that uh, the 62F is going to be um, triggered and that the Commonwealth is going to see some refunding of a $3 billion surplus, um, what can people expect from the economic development bill uh, that you guys were planning on passing in the last session? Um, I'll try to answer this succinctly because it's a big issue. It's a big <laughs> right. issue. Right? Yeah. Um, first of all, you reference so-called 62F. 62F is the Mass General Law that was enacted in 1986 uh, by a referendum question mm -hmm. that would return tax dollars to the taxpayers if certain thresholds are met. We met that threshold this year. Again, that's a whole nother conversation, whether or not COVID had a material effect on that threshold. But sure. regardless, threshold was met to the tune of $3 billion. So the taxpayers, every taxpaying citizen of Massachusetts can expect about a 13% refund on what their 2021 tax liability was. Okay. So if you paid $5,000 in taxes, do the math $650 is coming back to you uh, in the form. Um, it's, again, um, there's a debate because the law is pretty explicit that these refunds shall be in the form of a tax credit okay. applied against next year's tax liability. The governor has... Interesting. Yeah, the governor is um, changing that, which, again, some of us don't think he can because of statutes, <laughs> but um, in for a refund. Uh, but right now, it looks as though... Um, by the end of November, by Thanksgiving time, -ish, people can expect a either a check or a direct deposit into their into their accounts. We're speaking with uh, Senate uh, Ch uh, Chair of Ways and Means, Mike Rodericks. So, um, Chris and I were having a debate about this last week, and uh, you know, we're talking about revenues. Um, uh, what's your opinion on the uh, question one, the uh, the fair share amendment? Um, I voted to forward question one uh, to the voters. Um, I think we are always trying to more equitably access, access and um, apply taxes. 
Uh, income taxes are the most fair way. The more you make, the more you pay. The less you make, the less you pay. You make a lot of money, you pay a lot of taxes. You make very little money, you pay very little taxes. Um, there are some concerns with the fair share amendment. I think, again, pandemic has exposed the fact that you can work remotely and still be effective. You could be performing, you could work for a Massachusetts-based company but live in New Hampshire and never step foot in Massachusetts and nobody would know the difference. Mm -hmm. So there are, there. Um, I think it's gonna pass, um, and, but I don't think it is the, I think it comes with some risks that we have to be prepared for as it gets applied. So you're saying that $2 billion in, in revenue that they're, uh, that is being promised by pro the proponents of this law, you don't necessarily expect that that's, uh, like you don't expect an extra $2 billion in your, in your I next think, budget. I think that $2 billion of revenue is going to come from millionaires. And millionaires have the wherewithal to be very mobile. Yeah, okay. You know? Um, and it all depends on, you know, if... You know, it depends on your personal status. I mean, let's face it, Massachusetts has the best schools and hospitals in the world. You know, so a lot of millionaires like to live in Massachusetts because we have really good schools for their kids and hospitals, yeah. but they don't have to. So it's going to be interesting. Mike, um, yep. as, as we're looking at this question, obviously, if you're just pulling a straight paycheck um, of over a million dollars a year, um, it's hard to be sympathetic to that type of person. Um, or to, and I know they're paying a lot of taxes already. My, my concern, as we discussed last week, Marcus and I, is the person who, when they go to convert a lifetime of assets, um, when they get to be, say, 63, 65, something like that, it's not unreasonable right. to think that you might have, say, a house in Westport, oh, yeah. Dartmouth, a three-family in Fall River or New Bedford, a summer cottage here in Fairhaven, and you're over a million bucks at that right. point. I, I think... I think in that case, that with good tax planning, you could avoid that. Right. Um, we, in the economic development bill, which we never got back to, so I well, guess we, we no, should. We, we no, should. We got a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we, we did pass over $500 million of permanent annual tax cuts, the largest tax relief package in the history of Massachusetts, which included doubling the estate tax exemption. Okay. Massachusetts, for, for states that have an estate tax... New Hampshire has no estate tax. Right, right, right. Connecticut has an estate tax, but it mirrors the federal government, which is an $11 million exemption. Okay, right. In Massachusetts, we have a million dollar exemption currently. And if you are $1 over the million dollars, you pay estate tax on the total amount. Wow. Really? Right. I didn't right. know that. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, proposed uh, and enacted, and we're ready to send it to the governor. Um, doubling the state tax exemption from one to two billion dollars two million dollars right. uh in in estates and eliminate the so-called cliff effect so you're only paying estate taxes on on estates values above the two million dollars not the whole thing um because like you said chris you know a million dollars in assets it's is not, not much not. you know it's not much. You see where real estate and property values go to, you know, you know, and, you know, we need, we need, there's, there's, there's a lot of folks in Massachusetts that love to beat up on rich people. Right. 
you know, and we have to stop hating on the rich. I would agree. You know, um, and the estate tax debate, I had a number of, of, of organizations um, that were opposing us making changes because they were claiming it's a tax break for the rich. And right. I'm saying it's not. This is a tax break for the middle you know, middle right. class. These are the men and women who 40, 50 years ago, whether, you know, they, you know, all the programs that we put into place, raising the minimum wage, you know, encouraging them to join unions, good blue collar jobs. They've worked hard, did all the right things, put their kids through school, saved. They have this nest egg now for them to retire. A million dollars is nothing. No. I mean, I, I, I'm yeah. sure you've seen it. You follow this like closer than anybody. Three families, or not three families, but multifamilies in Fall River and New Bedford are selling for over a half a million dollars. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And it's going to get even worse once right. the commuter rail actually starts running. Right. Already right. Uh, is having an effect on real estate. So let's do you, yeah. no, do you no, want to get go back, back to the, uh, yeah, let's go yeah. back to the bond bill. So Charlie yeah. Baker, Charlie Baker yeah. said earlier today that he doesn't expect the 1.3 billion dollars that was on the economic uh, development bill doesn't expect the entirety of that to be in there. Right. Um, so uh, what do and you? He's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so uh, what do you expect? And um, I I'm, I'm guess I'm wonder. I guess one of the primary questions we have about it is. Are the the checks that were originally supposed to be in the in the in the first bill right. the two hundred and fifty dollar to five hundred dollar checks right. um, are they going to be in this bill? Uh, that's still yet to be determined. Uh, probably not. Okay. Because no, checks are going out. Three billion dollars worth of checks are going out. Right. Okay. Um, so after the three billion dollars gets returned to the taxpayers, we are still going to have a fiscal year twenty two surplus. Of a little over two billion. Well okay. done. Wow. So, the economic development bill totaled over four billion. Okay. You know about three. These are round numbers, right? Sure. Don't, of course. Uh, no, you no, know, we're not going to hold. Uh, you you <laughs> know, a little over three billion in cash spend. You know, hospitals. Our hospitals. Talk to our friends at South Coast Hospital. They are South Coast is probably going to post a sixty-plus million dollar loss this year. Right. You know. Wow. You know. But hospitals, nursing homes, nursing homes are, anyway, um, about $3 billion in cash spend and about a billion four in bonding. The bonding's not going to get done. The governor's right, because that requires a roll call vote. If we're going to authorize borrowing money, our constitution requires it has to be a roll call vote. And we're not in session, uh, informal session. Um, We still, we had session today. We have session every Monday and Thursday. Uh, in the Senate, um, but it requires unanimous consent. So any uh, one person can hold it up. Any one person can hold it up. Yep. And I'm sure they're there. Right? And it happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Right. It happens. So, um, but a lot of things do happen. I do expect that we are going to be able to pass an economic development bill bill in the neighborhood of maybe two and a half billion. Okay. That's going to have good investments in there, in our hospitals, in our nursing homes, in our human service workforce, um, and climate change, um, you know, energy um, support. So there's a lot of good stuff in the bill that we're going to be able to do. Uh, child care, that's another world that we're spending a lot of money in. Uh, mental health and behavioral health, as we talked about earlier off, off air. Right. Uh, another area that we're investing a lot of money in. And it started off... 
in the world of behavioral and mental health. It started um, a few years ago now, focusing on beds. We heard from our hospitals that their emergency departments are overrun with uh, patients that are not there for physical ailments, but there for mental health reasons, and they're clogging up. And, and they're not, I don't mean to say clog, you know, they're there seeking services that this hospital cannot provide. Right, right. Fawns Corner Road, we built the 100 and something beds facility, so we've got the beds. The problem right now is workforce. Right. You know, we've got, we've got capa- bed capacity. We just don't have the staff to fill it. So we're focusing on that now. So we're speaking with Chairman of Ways and Means in the Senate, Mike Rodericks from Fall River and Westport. Um, Mike, the um, your session was unbelievable this year. COVID aside, you guys tackled some major, major bills. Um, we can go over them briefly. Right. Um, but the gambling bill, yep. the marijuana redo, which I don't yep. think people realize yep. how big of a deal that was and why that had to be done. Maybe you can just yep. touch on that, um, why the marijuana bill had to yep. be redone. But those are just two of the bills that I think right. of, though, a very complex legislation right. that had to come through your committee. And you were there came, late night. Came, came through my committee, and I served as chair of both of those conference right. committees right. at the same time that we're trying to get the economic development bill done and the same time that 62F boomerang hit us. But sure, I mean, we can talk uh, online sports gaming. We, yeah. we passed the sports gaming bill. It's... Um, it was uh, bluntly a much higher priority for the House than it was for the Senate. Okay. Okay. Our priority was mental health and behavioral health bill. Right. We did both at the end of the session, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we got them both done. Um, but um, the Gaming Commission is literally, literally right now promulgating regs, regulations to award up to seven licenses. So the Draft Kings and you can you know all the other names of the yeah. companies. FanDuel. FanDuel, right. Yeah. right. Right. Those are the two biggies. But there are others. There are others. There, there are others. There's going to be up to Rainham. seven of them. Rainham. Right. Do we think Rainham's going to be in the mix finally? Yes, I think Rainham's okay. going to be in the mix. Plain Ridge is going to be in the mix. Okay. Uh, Encore up in Boston would be in the mix. Right. And the MGM Springfield will be in the mix. And there'll be a license held if there is ever a Class 1 casino in so-called Region C. Which, which is, is us, southeastern right? Mass. So right. there'll be a license held for that. Um, you know, our focus, my focus as Ways right. and Means Chair was, one, consumer protection. Right. You know, we insisted on provisions like no credit cards. Really? You know, you can use debit card, but you can't right. use your credit card. You can't go into debt placing placing bets. Um, that you are allowed to set a personal limit to say, I only want to bet a thousand bucks that's it you know and and that the online platform has to honor that okay okay um so that in job creation and the fact that you know um we we tied the licenses to the bricks and mortar facilities you mentioned you know uh, uh Raynham, right you know they're gonna have to invest significant money into a facility right encore did invest significant money as did MGM in Springfield and Plain Ridge so um, but it was time to do it I mean every other state's done it Certainly I mean it was time, it was to, time do to do it I'll but, be honest with you I did not have a lot of constituents you know yakking at me okay. but, you know pushing me we but didn't it was have time a lot of phone done. conversations on it, really. Yeah, I thought people would be a little more interested than, than it turns out they were. Yeah. So, so the so how you know you know oh you're leaving a lot of money on the table. We're not really. 
there's not a big margin in that world. No. No. Right. There's not a there's a margin. Yeah. And guess what? The FanDuels and DraftKings are gonna make it. Win or lose, they're gonna make money. Right. Right. Um so that we are leaving some money on the table. Then you talk about cannabis. Right. We don't call it marijuana anymore or pot <laughs> or anything. I'm learning. I'm learning. I want to tell you one quick personal story. 2016, Senate President Rosenberg, right? Stan Rosenberg was our Senate President. Um, he asked me to, to chair the Senate Special Committee on Marijuana. So I, my mom was still alive at this. So I can remember telling her, hey, Ma, <laughs> guess what I got? Oh, really? Right, right. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> 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 well, but anyway, we... So we worked on it for a while. I mean, we, and then the voters passed it. We tinkered with it. And now we realize that our goals and the goals as established through the referendum question to ensure that there's an equitable, that the industry is equitably, equitably going to help folks was not being accomplished. Yeah, right. that's correct. Right. So, um, and we have, I think, again establishing national model to how to ensure that there's equity in the cannabis uh, industry so if, if i recollect this entire debate you were a bit of a skeptic on all of this yeah um yeah. as i was too i think yeah. any i yeah. voted for the law but i was a skeptic i right. guess is a way to put right. it yes uh i was not an early embracer right. of um of legalizing recreational use of cannabis, I was not. I've come around. It's, it's no, been legal. The world did it end. I agree. You know, agree. and it's working, and we're making money. Mm -hmm. There is money in it from us for mm -hmm. us, um, and we structured it the right way. Um, but as with anything, it's going to have to be tweaked over the years, and we're going to have to, you know, continually to work on it. We're speaking with Senator Mike Rodericks of Fall River. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. You'll see the South Coast tonight. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus Farrow, and he's Chris McCarthy, and we're joined still by uh, Senate Ways and Means Chairman Mike Rodericks. Um, so just one thing. We're having a little bit of a headphone problem here in the studio, so we're not taking your calls today. To right now, we're going to hopefully get it fixed um, in, in when, after Mike goes, and then we'll, maybe we can still get around to taking calls. But if you're wondering why we're not taking your calls right now, it's because we can't hear you. Yeah. You know exactly. So five zero. Uh, well, so don't don't call now. Call later at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Reflexive. Yeah, I don't want to waste your time. Reflexive. Right. Okay. So, um, so, uh, Mr. Chairman, um, we uh, we talked about the economic development bill. You said it's not going to be the 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 full product that you'd put forward last time because of one because of the um you know the procedural stuff. You're not in full. You're not in formal session. And two, uh, you know, there's, you know, the unexpected uh, revenue that people are already going to see. Right. 13% return on their taxes because of the um, because of the 62F. Right. So um, what are some of the other, you know, other than the economic development bill, what are some of the, the, the major legislative priorities that you guys have going forward and even into the next session, the next formal session in uh, so we're January? Teeing up, we're teeing up a couple of disability-related bills. Excellent. To ensure that people with disabilities have the right to make their own decisions with guardians. Um, to keep it out of the courts and judges, I'm sure in your world. Yes, you, yeah, it's you, amazing. You, yeah. Yes, uh, so we we always try to we always try to do something in the world of disabilities. Um, we still have a few veterans things, although we ended the year strong with the Holyoke Soldiers Home Bill. Yeah, you know that took a. I mean, wow, that was that was not easy to change 75 years worth of habit right out right. there in Holyoke. 
but uh, we did. So we always try to do something for uh, for our for our veterans. Uh, climate. We still got to do more on climate change. There'll be some money, I believe, in this economic development bill. But uh, climate, offshore wind. Um, we've been focusing a lot of time and energy in that world, talking about electric generation. Right. But we also need to talk about home energy efficiencies and vehicle efficiencies also. So um, I think you'll see more of that. But I think we pass a major economic development bill in an informal session. That'd be the meat and potatoes of what we do before we get sworn in and again in, in January. So we're speaking with um, Senator uh, Senate Ch- uh, Chair of Ways and Means, Mike Rodericks of, uh, of Westport. So, Mike, for those of people at home that only know you as Senator Rodericks, right? yeah. they might not realize that you're the president and treasurer of your own company. You have yep. been for right. a number of decades. Right. Um, a flooring company, which is right. real work, folks, right? right? Yep. That's real work. Yep. I, have you ever done it as an I've amateur? Got half, I've got half fingers to prove <laughs> there it. There you yeah. go, right? Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you ever, if you ever done it as an amateur, you realize it's a lot of work. It's professional. But, so you're in the trades. Right. You are, your company is subjected to the, to the whims of the market the way right. anyone else in the construction industry is. You pay a lot of bills. You have employees. It's unique to a senator, right? Isn't it? I remember Senator McLean used to tell me because I'm one of the only guys in the Senate or in the House then that have a business where I have employees. I got to make the workers' comp, right? right. All right. that stuff. Right. How has that impacted your decisions? It, 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 it impacts. It impacts it a lot. Um, it frustrates me a lot because I'm. I don't have a lot of patience at times when it, com- <laughs> when it comes to making decisions. Okay, and in the business world, the worst decision you can make is not making one, right? Because time is money. Yes, I always, I always use this analogy. So I'm in the floor covering business my whole life. I've been installing floors, and we are professionally installed, very highly competitive. We compete against the big box. When I was growing up, there was no such thing as, I won't name them. ABC no floor covering in Westport. ABC. Right. We're in our 60th year. 1962, my dad started it. So 60 years of business. There was no big box retailers okay. then. Our competition were other primarily family-owned, professionally installed floor covering companies. And we knew each other. Right. We worked with each other. We competed against each other, but we helped each other out. That's all changed. It's a dog-eat-dog world now. But I use this analogy. We're in our... Time is money. It doesn't matter if it's public sector or private sector. The most expensive cost on a balance sheet is payroll, is staff, right? right. Your yes. employee is the most expensive. So we're, we, we have a day all planned. I've got three crews, you know. You and Marcus are going to go out to Mrs. Rodericks' house and replace the kitchen floor. You're going to go. Mrs. Rodericks calls and says, you can't come today. Oh. So now I have two guys. My guys are salary. My guys are hourly, but they're they. Mike's been with me forty three years. Bobby okay. Twight. These are long term. They're going to get paid. They don't go home and not get paid, right? Right. Because right. they have families. To, of I course, mean, they, they have families. So now you have to quickly make a decision that is not going to be as efficient as what your long plan because you plan your week. Sure. You know, sure. and it was very efficient. This is not going to be efficient. But it's better than doing nothing. Right. Right. It's better than, and we in the legislature at times delay and postpone and avoid hard decisions. 
because everything we do is second-guessed, right? Every decision yeah, we make is second-guessed. Everything we do is criticized. Everything we do, someone's going to have a better way. We we, we would have, could have, should have. We would have, could have, should have. Which yeah, I'm, Marcus and I don't think of a better way. Which, which I'm fine with. Right, no, I get that it. doesn't bother right, me. Right. Criticize, I mean, but, um, but, but running a business has certainly helped. And, you know, I've got, I'm lucky. Um, it, you know, the Ways and Means Committee is real busy. Any piece of legislation that has a fiscal impact on the Commonwealth flows through my committee. Arguably, ninety-five percent of everything we do has a fiscal impact. So everything right. goes. But you know, I can I have I can rely on, you know, Senator Mark Montigny, right? right? Who was right. chair of Ways He's and Means? Texting me right now, actually. Is he texting you right now? <laughs> yeah. you know? So Senator Montigny is a has 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 been a friend of mine. He was a friend of mine before I was even in the legislature. Um, but um, you know, we rely on one another. We have a great team, Senator Montigny. You head further east. You have Senator Sue Moran. Uh, head even further east. You have Senator Julian Sia. Yeah. You know, I go north. All, I have all, Senator all friends, Mark Pacheco. All, all friends of the show actually yeah. have them all. You have Mark yeah. Pacheco. You've got Paul Bris- Feeney. Have yeah. you? Have you? Bristol have you, County. No, we haven't yet. You've no. got to get Paul Feeney on the show. Bristol County is a hell of a delegation. Right. I, I watched the the, the Senate. Um, on the uh, dangerousness bill, Feeney gave a hell of a speech on that, on the dangerousness bill. Uh, in fact, I was talking to Mark during that. I mean, really, you guys all seem to work very well together. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, but it's different in this, you know, I spent 15 years in the house. Right. You know, so I'm 20, I'm, I'm like the old guy, right? 26 <laughs> years in the building, 15 years in the house. I loved every minute of being a representative. I never go back. You know, right. now that you're in the upper chamber at the Senate, it's different. But it's different because I'm one of 40 right. as opposed to one of 160. Right. You know, I have a much bigger, I have a f- district that's four times larger. Uh, it's just different. And we have, and because of our Senate leadership, whether it's Senate President Spilker or before her, uh, uh, Rosenberg or, or Murray, you know, there was an open, you, we have, we have the ability, because there's only 40 of us, of every Wednesday having a caucus where we go behind closed doors, not even staff, just legislators, behind closed doors and go at it. Right. Say what you're going to say. Don't ask us what was talked about because you do not divulge what's, what goes on in caucus. Right. But it's a, the ability for us to, to know, get to learn each other. I, you know, I know what will make you tick. <laughs> you know what makes you tick, Marcus, right? right? I'll know right. what makes you tick. What will set you off? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of mean. It's a big uh, party where three senators aren't invited because right. they're in the Republican caucus. <laughs> no, no, no. We have we have bipartisan caucuses at times. <laughs> why? So yeah, right. yeah, why? why? We, have, we, have more, we have, you know, our, it's interbranch um, tensions, House versus Senate, then Democrat versus Republican. And um, our minority leader in the Senate, Senator Bruce Ta from Gloucester, mm-hmm. represents Gloucester, large commercial fishing fleet, right. yeah. uh, a large Portuguese population in Gloucester, um, and one of the best guys and nicest, smartest people you'll ever want. I mean, we trust each other. I trust him. He'll tell me when he's going to filibuster. He'll tell me, Mike, I, you know, there's no way in hell I'm going to support this and I'm going to go to the mat against it. I, fine. And so am I. You right. Know, yeah, right. Fine, right. You know, fine. Right. Uh, always respectful. He's a tough debater because he's so eloquent. He is really, really good. 
Yeah, you can really whip up those two extra votes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, although it's interesting. There's a, there's a caucus, on the dangerousness there, bill. Yeah. He did get a lot of you guys yep. with him on the dangerousness right, bill. Right. Um, right. Which I thought was very interesting because I, I stayed up late watching the thing. It was late. It was it early was, in the morning. It was really early. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it, we heard, I heard very loudly and clearly from, from our DA, you know, how important it was. Um, and, um, Paul Feeney did a good job. Linda Edwards did a really good job. She did job. a really good job. You know, as, as a quote-unquote perceived uh, progressive. I wonder, when she started to speak, I thought, where is this going? Because I, right. I, I actually texted Mark. I said, yeah. I said you're going to be speaking on that? He said, I'm not going to speak because you know, yeah. I'm on a co-sponsor. And um, But Feeney, was, he moved the needle, I thought. Um, yes. And, but, but when she started to speak, I thought, wait a second. This is going right. different. I assumed right. it was going right. down. But, right. Uh, you talked. You talked about Senator Edwards, and and she's a fairly new. Uh, she was elected in a special election, Correct. I think. She's a she's a newest member of the Senate. Why? So Eric Lesser's gone. Adam Hines is gone. Uh, Sonia Chang Diaz is gone. You're good. Um, yeah. Well, there's so many Diana senators. Dina Desaglio. Dina Desaglio. Chandler's gone. Yep. There's five. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess uh, I guess the question is like is why? Why? It feels like there's an influx of people trying to leave Beacon Hill to to for greener greener pastures. Why is that? Um, well, Harriet Chandler retired. Right, she's in her mid eighties. You know, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't divulge her age, but she's has served a wonderful career. Yeah. Uh, the rest, Diane DeZaglio wants to be the state auditor. Yeah. You right. know, Eric Lesser wanted to be the lieutenant governor. I think it's just such a calculated risk. You had to know that there was there had to be some redundancies in place. Yep. And I just wonder if, like, is it, is it, it's, it's a, it's it's a hard job. I really think in geography, yeah, it's, it's a hard job. It's, um, you know, the cynics think, you know, we're in informal session now that we're on vacation. I'm telling you, I work every day, all right. day, you know. Um, it's a hard job. Um, it's some people just... I just aren't cut out for being constant. Like I said, everything we do is second guessed. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And you know, we have information that a lot of people don't have, and you know, um, just some people aren't cut out for that. Yeah. You know? so, so speaking of that, Senator. Yeah. Um, I am not a fan at all of direct democracy, and so yeah. I'm just I'm going to use you to foil right. to make my point. Right. That. Legislation is best made by legislators. That you guys have had to go back and repair these ballot questions because people who are voting have no way enough information. And I'm a nerd for this stuff, and I don't have enough information. Right. Marcus <laughs> loves this stuff. And he and I were going to the ballot yeah. questions the other day. We're talking about the dental question. Right. And we're saying, how in the world would we have enough information to make this? We, we again, under Senate President Rosenberg, we were... Seriously, looking at changing the product, never taking away the right for the citizens. Okay, but right now the threshold is just too low. Okay, and you just pay higher signature gatherers. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. You know, yes. I'll give you a buck of signature. Go out and get two hundred signatures. It's two hundred dollars. Right, because there's big money, huge, big money behind all of these ballot questions, and I call it golden rule legislation. He who has the gold makes the rules. Right. Take a very complicated issue, like tax policy, right? Right. Or like um, dental insurance, dental insurance premiums. premiums. No, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you, and you're good. And 
you dilute it to a bumper sticker. We got lucky with two and a half and 79 and 80. We yeah. got lucky yeah. that that legislation turned out to be good, but it right. could have been a disaster. Right, right. Um, and any number of these ballot questions, the marijuana thing, if you guys hadn't fixed that, you had to right. take a number of bites at fixing right. that. Right, 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 exactly. So you, you, you attempt no, to I, do, I, do it. I, you know, it is what it is, right. you know, but I'm a legislator, so I would prefer that statutes and laws are made through the legislative process. And it's not pretty, you know, it's no. not efficient. <laughs> It's very inefficient, but we're making laws here. We're affecting people's lives. But so, as we, as Marks and I have said, this is Jim Lyons. And in the case of the driver's license bill, right? Which I don't think they should give drivers to illegal aliens, but I understand why with the insurance piece. But here we have a, a political party that doesn't put candidates up. And then at the last minute says, hey, mom, I did my homework and gets a ballot question so they can try to appease their donors right. and look like what they're doing something. Right. When in reality, if they put some members in the House or at least challenge some people, right. they might have moved the mark on the legislation, right. the driver's license bill. Right. That's my opinion. So we're speaking with um, Senator Mike Rodericks, uh, chairman of uh, Ways and Means. Actually, we can uh, take a break now and we'll be back. 1420 WBS. So um, <laughs> we're just telling uh, the the chairman of how awesome our show is. Actually, we are. We are, we are. <laughs> but, it is awesome. Way, it but is by awesome. the way, this show's great. But Senator. actually, Marcus, tell him I was saying how awesome the audience is, yeah, and th yeah. that we can really get into some really deep policy stuff because you guys enjoy it and you appreciate it, and and that and our podcasts do really well because of it. So uh, we are speaking with um, Senate Chair of Ways and Means, uh, Mike Roderick. So you were talking earlier about working on climate change uh, init uh, initiatives. Um, there's a lot. You've done a lot on climate change so far. Right. What more do you need to do specifically with uh, offshore wind? Because that's gotten a lot of state funding directed towards it. You know, Baker has uh, been adamant about getting money towards offshore right. wind, and it's something that will impact, you know, your district. and you know, some, Yeah, right. Di right. Directly right. and us right. down here. Right. Um, we still have to put over the goalpost some money for port infrastructure um, in the Economic Development Bill. That's okay. $100 million uh, focused at Salem, okay. New Bedford, and Somerset, the three ports that are going to service the offshore wind industry. Um, Somerset is smack dab in the middle of my district, Brighton Point, of which for the first, you know, half of my Senate career, I was leave Brayton Point alone, keep it up, keep it running, keep burning that coal, and keep right. employing those 300, you know, good union jobs, right. and yeah. then it's gone now. So now it's repurposing that to service the offshore wind industry, which makes a lot of sense. It's right on the bay, deep water, yeah. right? They used to bring coal ships in, now you're going to bring offshore wind ships in. All the transmission infrastructure is on site. The only thing as hot, I was going to say hotter, but as hot as siting an electric generating facility is siting transmission lines and transmission infrastructure. It's all on site. Right. We unplug the coal, now we're going to plug in the wind. So, so what you're saying is Brayton Point's uniquely positioned to yep. do both of those things. Correct. Correct. Brain point is, yep, Salem is the same way. You yeah. had Mia Driscoll on yeah, the she, show. Yeah, she talked about that a she's, lot. She's been tremendous. Yeah. Yep. And New Bedford. You know, New Bedford is the closest, largest commercial port to where the turbines are going to be. You know, yeah. so it makes sense. in New, and, and it has, I think, the country's own specially built, purposely built offshore wind commerce terminal. So 
It does. There's yeah. going to be a lot of good jobs coming out of for this area. Yep. So, Senator Rogers, um, you, of course, are, are a UMass Dartmouth graduate, SMU. Yeah, I'm uh, it was SMU. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> um, we've all been through that system. Yep. And uh, one of my concerns always is that maybe, possibly, in some respects, it's lost the focus of a local university mm-hmm. to be affordable for local kids. Sounds like you've been talking to Senator Montigny. I talk to him about it all the time. I talk to him about it all the time. We have this conversation all the time. I, um, Although I think there's been, um, there's new leadership there now. Okay. Um, Chancellor Fuller heard it loud and clear from me. Okay. I would always say, you know, so yes, I went to SMU, as did my brothers, as did countless cousins and friends. I was on the six-year plan because I worked full-time, <laughs> right? you know, running the business because my dad died, unfortunately, at 49 years old while I was in school. So I had to take over the business, but I did it. Right. And the school was primarily a commuter school. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We'd go to classes. We'd go to work. Right. We'd come back maybe after hours. we hang out. The drinking age was 18, so there was a couple <laughs> bars on. Right. You, know, you have a few beers with your friends. You play. But, um, you know, they thought about the kids on the third floor on Orange Street in Fall River or Columbia Street in Fall they were concerned about those kids. Yep. As opposed to the scientists on the third floor of the chemical laboratory. Absolutely. So they, 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 I think they did lose their focus a little bit, but they've gotten it back. And okay. I think they have to get it back because... Well, because you're the chairman of Ways and Means. Well, that, that, helps. <laughs> that helps. That helps. But no, just pure demographics. Right. The fact that you know um, there are less, there's a less smaller volume. There's less number of kids going to college because there are less kids. Right. You know, yes. Right. You know, um, but I'm very proud of my UMass Dartmouth. I think everyone. In, I think this region should be proud of the place. Yep. It's, and it's, I'm a, it's I'm really a UMass Dartmouth law grad. I know you. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. do you undergrad there too, Marcus? No, I went to Bridgewater. Bridgewater, actually. Yeah. 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 Which I love too, by the way. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So you, I think of all the people I know who went through the accounting program, yourself included, who really used that degree, who've gone out there and done important right. things, right? right? And the idea that people from out of town were sort of taking over that university. And I don't mean because they're from out of town, but it was losing its focus, I think. The kids from Freetown and kids from Lakeville and kids from New Bedford and Fall River were, were, should be the focus. Right. Right? Yeah. Chris is trying to talk you into removing line items from the budget. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking for a local chancellor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, yeah. Well, I I think this week, I think Wednesday is the inaugural, you know, what do you call it? Was it inauguration? But Chancellor Fuller gets appointed uh, full-time. I think he's been fantastic. And and not not to short. um, And he's he's living here. BCC, good. Oh, good. I should tell the story. G. McCormick was not from here. No, South Boston. South yeah. Boston, Dorchester. But she moved here and she became part of our community. Served on a number of nonprofit boards. My wife, Patty, would go grocery shopping at strange hours, right? Because <laughs> that's when she had time to do it, right? Yeah, right, right. And she'd be at, you know, stop and shop in Dartmouth at, you know, one thirty in the morning because, you know, G. McCormick would be in there. And she'd come home and say, hey, the next morning, because I was in bed, but she, you know, she'd say, "Hey, I ran into Chancellor McCormick." She was, you know, how how important is that to know? Because if Patty ran into her, other people ran into her. Right. That she was actually part of our. She was committed to our region. 
So uh, we're speaking with Senate uh, Chair of Ways and Means, Mike Rodericks. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back. Uh, this is South Coast Tonight. Why should you download the Tonight, Marcus Ferrer, Chris McCarthy, and we're joined by Senate Chair of Ways and Means, Mike Rodericks. So, uh, Senator, um, I hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll, we'll be asking you back again. Um, yes, folks, please. again, I wish you could have gotten to your phone calls, but we're having a technical issue here. Um, so we weren't able to do that, but we're going to try to get it fixed for the Senate, next hour. Senator Montigny's upset about that. He I know he is. I know he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He wanted to call in. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but, but maybe, maybe Mark, we can get the Mark's two of them in. Mark's a good friend. Mark's, a hot, Mark's one of the hottest working Senator. I mean, he's, he's my go-to guy. Right. For, for advice, because he gives it to me straight. You know, he's... <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. So, one more thing I guess we'll touch on. Yep. The, um, we were talking about the MBTA vote. Fall River is going to be, uh, I think, voting to be an MBTA district if they haven't already. Yes. New Bedford's going to as well. What's the... Is there going to be a significant cost attached to it? I heard from someone from Transportation from Massachusetts. They said uh, that it's going to come out of CERTA. Um, is and so you're not going to see any increase in terms of the budget or you know people's property taxes or what have you. Is that correct? Um, there'll be no property tax assessment assessment made, and with two and a half property taxes, it's very limited on right. how it can be how they can be impacted anyway. Um, so it's going to be an I I am a I have been a long strong proponent of commuter rail for Southeastern Mass, both Fall River and New Bedford. It's going to change Fall River and New Bedford. Um, mostly for the better, there's going to be some challenges. Right. The biggest challenge that we're going to have to all work on and come together on are, are our seniors. You know, seniors that are living on fixed income, housing prices are going to go up. If you have, if you own your own home, um, you know, it's going to increase in value greatly. But right. if you don't own your own home, there's going to be some challenges that we need to ensure that we have enough affordable housing to take care of our seniors. That's that's my biggest concern. I give, I'll give give you one quick story. I'm in my office. A young lady that works for me, her name is Tara. She's she, not from Matt. She's from Connecticut. Um, she came to Boston to go to Tufts, right? Her boyfriend, who she lives with, is from New York City. He came to go to BU. He works in the financial district. She works at the state house. They don't have a car, right? When they when they go to visit her family or his family, they rent one zip car, whatever it's called. Right. Right? Rent one for the weekend. Here's the keys. No car bills. No insurance. No parking issues. Right. Um, lived in Som- Somerville. She, oh, she 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 comes. Senator, can I talk to you? Yeah. She comes in. She closes the door. She starts crying. I'm like, oh boy, what's the matter, Tara? What's the matter? She goes. They, you know, I'm being evicted because they're going to condoize. It's a three-family house, like, like we have in Fall River, New Bedford. Right, right. right? Saying Fall River, a tree, a tree decker, right? right. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they're condoizing them. She goes, I, we cannot find an apartment that we can afford. You know, right. and these are two young professionals. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I said, Tara, listen, my cousin at the time. He goes, my co- I said, my cousin Tommy's got this beautiful house in Fall River, Victorian apartment with the round room and hardwood floors, nice area. You know, it's 800 bucks a month as opposed to 2,800 right. bucks a month, 800 bucks a month. And she said, Senator, get me commuter rail and I'll move the Fall River. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what yeah. Fall River needs is an influx of the Tara in the Pauls. Right. These young, smart professionals. 
and that's going to happen and we just can't allow them to displace our hard-working seniors that have been part of our fabric for for generations. Senator uh, uh, Mike Rogers, Chairman of Ways and Means, thanks. Thank you.